Welcome to the podcast, Fatherhood, Perspectives on Righteous, Intentional Parenting, where two guys discuss and explore the challenges of parenting. They share their experiences, ideas, and perspectives as they search for ways to be better sons, husbands, and dads. Here are the hosts, Joseph Winkle and Taylor Greenhall. Good afternoon, Taylor. Hey, Joe. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. Well, for our listeners, we're trying something different today. And we have a third party on our podcast. And this is Sean. Sean is a young mother. Uh, she has five boys and she has a blended family. And we were briefly talking with Sean about some of the experiences you have in that situation and thought it would be great if she'd take a minute to share with us some of the comments and things that have come up while she's been out with her family and how she, what she thinks about that and how she manages people making inappropriate comments. <laughs> Sean, welcome to our podcast. Yes, thank you for having me. So me and my five boys, they're ages eight, six, four, two, and six months. And a lot of the times it's just me and my boys. We get out, we go to parks, we go to the store, and people can't help but comment. I get a lot of comments, both by the size and also about the blended nature. My kids don't necessarily look very much alike. The, my husband's two look very Hispanic. My child from my first marriage is blonde with blue eyes. And then our two youngest kind of look like a mix. So I get a lot of comments like, oh, wow, are these all yours? Are, they, are you the nanny? Just, <laughs> uh, holy cow, like your kids don't look anything alike. Are you sure they're all yours? Like, yes, I'm very sure. It used to catch me off guard because I went from one kid to five kids pretty quickly. It happened just in a couple of years. Wow. And so the comments all started pouring in. And it used to almost kind of offend me, but I learned to just take it as people are curious and they're not usually seeking to offend. They're just honestly, I, you know, again, I have an unusual looking family to some people's eyes and they want to ask a question and, and that's okay. They can ask a question and that doesn't bother me. And I usually just explain the situation with however much detail, just depending on case by case. But, you know, at this point, I just, it, it doesn't bother me anymore at all. I don't mind talking to people. And it can be kind of fun. And my kids are all, I think they're all adorable. I don't mind that they get attention when they go out. Well, that's a great perspective. I think what I what I keyed in on there is uh, you said, well, people are curious. And I, I think that that's, that's a good realization. They're not seeking to offend. They may stumble over the best way to ask a question or, or is that really any of their business, so to speak. But at right. least you've gotten to a point where you don't, uh, you don't take offense at it and you're happy to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. um, I know, uh, as I've talked to people with special needs, that very often they'll say, I wish people would just ask me why I'm in a wheelchair or ask me why my child has this ailment. And then we could have a conversation and they could be educated and enlightened. So I think recognizing people's curiosity is a positive approach to uh, understand that. And just, just for our viewers, as I'm, I'm talking to Sean here, Sean has red hair, very fair skin. And what color are your eyes are they? They're brown. Brown, brown. And so, yeah, so you can understand yeah. um, why people would see so many young kids close in age. Yes. And maybe think, oh, are you out? Yeah, are you? And, and she's a very young lady, so I can see the nanny comment. Boy, that, that seems... <laughs> Just hilarious to me. Oh, are you the nanny? No, I'm their mother. Yes. <laughs> so I have a question for you, and maybe you can just expand on it with your experience. And um, 
one thing Joe mentioned, I do have a son when he was born, had some pretty specific crazy healthcare problems. Uh, so we'd get a lot of questions. Um, I was telling Joe before he came in, get a lot of questions that as a new father would often irritate me. But the more I heard the questions, uh, I realized that people wanted to be educated. They'd see my son who had an oxygen tube and a feeding tube. And so it looked like we were just carrying this kid with tanks and tubes coming from all over the place. And they really didn't know how to ask the question, but they wanted to ask the question because they wanted to be educated. And as I looked at it through that perspective, it, my irritation with people saying, you know, you should try this, or you know, you should do this, or my grandson had this problem and I, they did this and it worked perfectly. Instead of feeling irritated, I just knew that it was people doing their very best to understand our situation. But that's probably the first time maybe ever they've asked a question about someone that had the issues that, or the medical issues that my son had. Does that make sense? Oh, definitely. I mean, people, they, they seek to educate themselves and sometimes they're just seeking to make a connection and that's something that sticks out. That's an obvious way to get a conversation started. And I, I can forgive them because I know I stick my own foot in my mouth sometimes. I probably don't say the right thing and I can accidentally offend somebody else. So you just have to take it with a grain of salt and realize that they probably are not trying to literally start a fight with you. They just <laughs> are trying to talk to you and they just are not doing it the best way that they could. Well, that's, that's great that you've, uh, again, you have this perspective and uh, through your experience. How does your husband do with this? He has to run into the same questions and issues. I'm <laughs> the kids sure. look like him, so he doesn't really have this issue. Not as much? <laughs> no, yeah. They're all pretty, most of the kids are pretty tan and just look like their dad. And again, me, fair and, and red hair, and none of the kids look like me at all. I don't oh. think, unfortunately. I wish they did. But yeah, sorry. <laughs> so he doesn't have the same issue, I don't think. Gotcha. Well, we appreciate you taking a minute to kind of share that insight with us and gives us a, just a chance to, I think, everyone to remember, you know, uh, God loves a variety. You know, um, we're not meant to be the same or look the mm -hmm. same. And I think in most communities, there's a great variety of families. And even today, families, you know, the nuclear family is almost becoming a thing of the past. And so... What does a family look like today? Well, it looks like whatever that group of people who love and care for each other look like. So right. always a good reminder and, and to be patient with people's curiosity. Awesome. Well, thanks, Sean, for coming Thank in. Thank you. So Sean's story, of course, takes me back to when we were having our kids. As I've mentioned many times, we had uh, years of no children, and then we had seven children in nine years. When our seventh was born, our oldest had just turned nine. And so I can remember going to Costco with my wife, and we would have a full cart of kids, of like babies and toddlers, <laughs> and then we'd have three or four walking with us, and then we'd have a separate cart for the groceries. Yeah. And man, would we get, I mean, it was just, it got to the point where, honestly, I, would, I didn't want to go to the store. I'd rather just stay home with the kids and let my wife have a minute of peace. But, uh, I mean, I can remember uh, people coming up, of course, the question, are these all yours? That's always, mm -hmm. uh, 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 of course, more on the inappropriate side. You know what causes this, <laughs> which, uh, you know, at first I got a couple laughs out of it, and I thought, well, you know, uh, it almost sounds like you've got a problem, you know, or you've got your, it looks like you've got your hands full. I'm like, I absolutely do. But, I, but at the same time, I think of uh, Sean's comment here about people are curious and, 
And I can't think of a time where someone approached me that they weren't just trying to connect. Yeah. And so are there better ways to connect? Um, for sure. And, and there were people who did that, of course. You know, uh, a lot of people, a lot of wisdom, actually, I, I think people saying, what a beautiful family you have. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. You know, you're so fortunate. Now, that's a great way to approach someone. Or um, I, I'll never forget, and, and this was way more than one older person that came up to me and said, these are the best years of your life when you have all your children together Mm -hmm. in your home. I was grateful for those people willing to be brave enough to connect, to share some of their sage wisdom and help me value that time. Because you can imagine with seven little children in a store like Costco, I'm spending half my time making sure we have them all. Right. And I'm spending the other half making sure they don't run into someone or or get ran over. And so high stress, difficult uh, circumstance to be in. And But again, free treats if you're on Saturday. So I right. mean, so you could basically have lunch for free with seven <laughs> kids. I, I did enjoy that. Thanks, Costco. Well, Joe, I think it, it's interesting as we talk because, you know, Sean, we've talked to her about both the blended nature of her family and the size of her family. Uh, I have two kids. And even for me, I put two kids to bed at night and I feel like I've run five miles. And then I, I, I will admit, I've thought many times, how does someone like Joe do seven kids at bedtime um, when they're all little kids? So the reality of it is, is we've, you and I have said this before, we're not experts on parenting. So when we say, okay, if there's a large family or a blended family or a family with a child with special needs, here's the best way to approach it. And, and we, ran in that, we ran into that a lot, too, with my son. One of the things that he struggled with when we first, you know, when he was a toddler, was walking. He, wa- he started walking a little later than is typical. Um, and so uh, often we'd go to a store and we'd have him in a stroller when it looked like he was big enough to walk, but he was still figuring it out. Um, and people would sometimes say stuff to us like, well, why isn't he walking yet? And it's very easy to Get take that question personally yeah. and say, well, this person that I don't know is assuming that I'm not doing my very best here as a father or as a parent. And what I'm really feeling like is I'm doing all I can to keep my head above water in this situation. Um, but what I found was powerful was knowledge. And I mentioned this before. And it wasn't a way to fight back or to start an argument but I started to appreciate the opportunity to educate people about what my son was dealing with. Because, number one, yeah, did, did it take him a little bit longer to do things? Um, yeah, it did. But he is doing amazing now. He's playing soccer, and he's brilliant, and he's loving school, and he has great friends. And so the, the other part of it, too, was as I educated people on what he was dealing with. I realized how fortunate we were as a family to have him in our lives. <laughs> My wife and I joke a little bit because we went to a, a, a birthing class before our son was born. And one of the things that we do is we write down the birth plan. And um, as as my son was born and we realized there were some complications, we started crossing things off of our birth plan and saying, okay, well, we can't do this or, you know, taking him right home from the hospital the next day, we can't do that. And so uh, basically our birth plan is 
we had the plan and then we just did the opposite. We kind of turned to, did a 180 turn from what our plan was. And that was a powerful lesson to us. Nothing goes as planned. We feel fortunate. We feel like we've been so blessed by what we've learned and experienced through William's uh, struggles early in his life that um, it became a very joyous experience for me. I never, uh, the, the bitterness of, or the defensiveness that I felt when people would ask me questions about him really went away as I started teaching people and educating people. And I found that everybody who asked questions appreciated the understanding and the knowledge that we were able to teach them about our son. Yeah. And then it reminded me of just how blessed we were that he was, that he survived there. those first couple yeah. of years and of now course. is thriving. So, Well, I, th- I think we bring up um, this idea of people approaching us with curiosity, but maybe in, a, in not the most appropriate way. But, you know, I think about you with those questions, you know, well, why isn't he walking yet or whatnot? Uh, I walked at nine months. So did my just sister just younger than me, a year younger. And our sister younger than us walked at eight months. And none of our kids, my wife and I, walked before 12 months. So the first one around, I was like, now I know I walked at nine months. It was, my mom made a big deal about that. But it's just funny how we're looking for validation, especially as new parents. We're looking for validation from other people. Am I doing this right? Is Are things ha- progressing as they should? Yeah. But uh, you just said it, like, do things really go to plan in people's lives and with people's emotions? Not so much. Honestly, I used to joke about the walking thing because we had so many kids so quickly i'd say well every time kim sees one of our kids start to take their first step she just goes over and tips them over because uh <laughs> there's one less kid she has to chase around the house and i always get a good laugh from everybody except kim she exactly. didn't find that funny at all the, the point is i think if we're to reach a place like sean has where she can step beyond her reaction and emotion into truth which is curiosity is not a bad thing and i'd rather have people ask me a question rather than have them make judgments i think we have to first be okay with ourselves as parents you know it's funny i try to tell this to my kids when they get offended i'm like uh you know if if your sister who just said this mean thing to you that you got so upset about if she had said you're purple you are so purple you're the purplest person i ever saw would that bother you of course not well why well, because I'm not purple. Yeah, and, and purple is not really a bad thing anyways, but the point is we get offended and upset at the things that we question about ourselves and the concerns that we have. And so if we have concerns about, am I doing a good job, which, let's face it, every parent has that concern. Yeah. We all know we can be doing more and we'd like to do better, and we all know that we fall short. There, I don't think they'll come a place where we don't feel that way. If there did, either we've reached some kind of perfection that I've never seen or or we're delusional <laughs> or we just have given up. I think the key is to just say, you know what? I'm a parent that makes a ton of mistakes and that's okay because I'm trying to learn from them and improve. And even if my kid grows up just learning what not to do, that's something. Yeah. There's many things I learned about parenting because of mistakes that I saw. And I thought, I won't do that. That actually helped me. But also, I guess for myself, 
what I'd want my children to walk away with as parents is to say, I'm a parent, I'm making a ton of mistakes, but I'm going to keep trying to improve so my kids can have more than I had. And I think if as long as we keep that perspective, when people come to us and ask us inappropriate questions like, oh, hey, that's a lot of kids. Are you a nanny or do you know what causes this or, you know, why isn't your kid walking uh, yet at this age? Um, We can just say, hey, yeah, great question. Here's what's going on and and not take it so personally and, and allow it to be something that causes us pain. It doesn't need to. Yeah, and I, I, I'm even willing to give people that ask those kind of questions the benefit, the benefit of the doubt. I don't think, I try to believe that people are generally good-hearted, and people that would take the time to ask me that question, or those kinds of questions, even on the surface, as it might seem, like, oh man, am I really doing everything I should be doing as a father? I don't think, in the majority, if not all of the cases, I don't think their intent is to offend me, and to piggyback on something you said, if I do decide to take offense, that's my choice. And that's the challenge, is to believe in yourself enough as a parent that, you know, if, if one of those questions sounds a little different or could be seen as offensive, you say, well, I know I'm doing the very best I can. Am I a perfect parent? No, but nobody is. And I'm trying to do the best I can. And I think that's, I think that's good enough. And then it can create some good dialogue, some good conversation, and some some understanding. Yeah, well, I, I think it gives us the power, you know, the power to choose to be offended or not offended. I can't remember who said it, something along the lines of, if so, if you choose to take offense when it, none, is, none is offered, then you're a fool. But to take offense when it is offered, you're a greater fool. Mm-hmm. In other words, if someone's trying to offend you, that's the time you really don't want to get offended. You don't want to give them that satisfaction. Of course, if someone's not trying to offend you, but it's just foolish. Okay. Oh, was it? yeah, it was Brigham Young. But he said it differently, right? Okay, greater fool. I was trying to get that right. So one thing that this has stirred up in my mind is uh, experience I literally had two nights ago. Um, my youngest son, Samuel, he is 14. And uh, man... He is like a 14-year-old adult. That kid does his own thing. He's got his own plans. His friends are very, uh, they're just go-getters. I mean, his 16-year-old friend that he hangs out with, he's 16 years old. He started two companies already and bought three vehicles, bought and sold three vehicles. I'm like, what is going on with these kids and this, uh, this incredible maturity and ambition Whatever the case, we ended up, um, they spent the day with me. We went out in this area of beautiful southern Utah, went out in our Jeep and drove around and and saw some of the amazing scenery, and we got back late. And they were good sports because they just were along for the ride, which is pretty boring. And as we got back, I just thanked them, and they said, well, you know, we're really hungry, so you could really thank us and buy us in and out. So that's my my son, Sam. He's never afraid to ask for what he wants. So we, we, I said, great, let's go. And we go down to in now. It's about 10 o'clock at night. We order our food. And of course, now here, the COVID restrictions have lifted. People are everywhere. No one's wearing masks even now. And, uh, and I said, well, it's, it's a nice night. Let's just he, he, eat here. So we sat down at a table. We're eating our food. We're having a nice conversation. And I say, well, I'm going to go 
call mom and let her know why we're a little late. And you guys just enjoy your time, sit out here. And uh, when you're finished up, come jump in, we'll go home. So I'm sitting there in the Jeep talking to my wife. And, uh, you know, like 15 minutes goes by, they're still not done. And uh, only one of them's at the table. I'm like, what is going on? So I drive up alongside of them and uh, his friend Landon. I'm like, where's Sam? He said, oh, he just, he just went inside. He saw some friends he knew. And he comes out and they jump in. And immediately they begin to tell me that a lady had walked up to them and said, why are you guys here alone? And I'm like, oh, is that an employee? And they're like, no. I'm like, just some random lady? Yeah. And I said, oh, what'd you tell her? And, and we said, we're just having dinner. And she said, well, well, you shouldn't be out this late. And, uh, and they said, well, our, our dad's over there. And she said, oh, well... I guess I'll let it slide then. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, the blood is already starting to boil. Like, where is this lady at? You know? Uh, and of course, what had happened at this point, nothing worth getting upset about. And they just had mentioned how, uh, you know, her demeanor and how they felt. They were getting kind of riled up of being questioned and interrogated while they sat and enjoyed their dinners. You know, again, it it brings up this idea. Well, what about when somebody is intending to offend you or being offensive? We still have the power to choose, right? And that's Mm -hmm. where the power lies. It's when we react that we lose our power. We, We hand it over to this person who may, for all intents and purposes, be trying. They're unhappy and upset, and they're trying to make us unhappy and upset. And as they were telling me the story, one part of my brain was thinking, you know what, I could have a very quick conversation with this lady and set her straight. And then I thought to myself, and what would that accomplish? This isn't a person who's seeking learning, like like Sean pointed out, it wasn't curiosity, it was judgment, and uh, which is of course what everyone was responding to. I said, and I have two boys right here watching me. What do I want to teach them? And so what I said is, well, I I think you guys handled yourself well. And I hope you were respectful. And they said, oh, yeah. And I said, and does it really bother you? Well, a little bit. I said, well, it bothers me a little bit too. But I I can just move on and have a great night because we've had a great day. And hopefully in that one (laughs) situation, I made a better choice and uh, chose my emotions and hopefully set a little bit of an example for my son and his friend. I think so. It'll be a valuable lesson for them. Joe, this has been awesome. Learning from Sean, learning from you. We'd like to thank everyone again for listening and invite you to subscribe and share this with your friends. Thank you very much. We are so glad you could join in on the podcast, Fatherhood, Perspectives on Righteous, Intentional Parenting. You can find us on all the best podcast sites. Please subscribe and share. And be a part of the conversation by sharing your ideas, posing questions, and making suggestions. Drop us a line at fatherhoodperspectives at gmail.com. That's one word, fatherhoodperspectives at gmail.com. This segment was recorded and engineered by Jim Fugate. The music for this podcast was provided by thepodcasthost.com and Alitu, the podcast maker. Find your own free music over at thepodcasthost.com slash free music. 